Hello and welcome to another episode of the True to You podcast. If you're not familiar with this podcast, my name is Ruby Marsh and I'm the host. And today I'm very excited to say that you got me. You got me for a solo episode. This one has probably been a long time coming because I'm talking about five things I wish I'd done differently when I started my business. Now, I think it's really cool that you can look back on your journey and think about these things that have really moved the needle, really helped you grow and and brought you the biggest moments of transformation in your business. And The other reason why I wanted to share these five things with you is because these are the things that we support our creators with in the Creator Club. And each month we have a module that we work on in the Creator Club and each module focuses on one of these five things. So you're going to get a little insight both into my journey and what it's been like starting a coaching business and now working with my husband. We collaborate in the Creator Club together and also how that has helped us design really powerful content for these creators to grow their businesses Now, I think that it's always interesting to look back on your journey. I don't have any regrets. Yes, these are things that I wish I had done differently, but you don't always know these things right from the beginning, or perhaps you do, but you just don't have the confidence to take that thing and run with it. So one thing I would say to you is if there's something of these five things that I share with you and you're like, oh, I keep hearing this. People keep telling me I should do this. Maybe this is your sign from the universe to take this and run with it and double down on it. And if I can be of any help in that, then please reach out to me and and we'll see if I can support you with that. But that is always my mission is that these podcast episodes are practical and they give you really specific, really tangible things that you can take and implement. At the end of the day, if we don't have a plan of action steps to implement those ideas, then that's all they stay as. With action comes clarity and we all know that most of us want to be clear on where we're going and how we're going to get there. Okay, without further ado, let's get on to today's episode. I'm going to be sharing with you the five things I wish I'd done differently in my business when I started. Welcome to the True to You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this.
Okay, these are in no particular order. So if one of these five things stands out to you, then I suggest that you sit down and write out an action plan of how you can start to implement this in your work. However, the first one we are going to start with is your niche. I had done some business training with Marie Forleo's B-School. Before I'd even started a business, I had this idea that one day I would start a business and as she always says, start before you're ready. So that's exactly what I did. So about probably six, seven years ago, I took B-School and in that there's a large component of the training around niche work and I preface this by saying that you have probably got mixed feelings on this I imagine that you've heard marketers say that niche work is really important and some people say that it's not so important it will all work itself out but the reason I am telling you to focus on this and understand who your work is for, not just their demographics, but also their psychographics. Understand who your dream customer or your dream client is at a really deep level. And the more you can do that work up front from the beginning with what information you have at the time, the easier it is to position your service number one. The easier it is, number two, to create really clear messaging. And we've all probably told ourselves, oh, I'm in such a crowded market. There's a lot of people already doing what I do, or I jump on Instagram because that's where I love to hang out as well. And all I see is the same stuff over and over again. And if you've been telling yourself that, then One way to stop feeling like that is to make sure that you are really clear and really grounded in this niche work or what we call understanding your dream client. So we do a whole module around this, which also leads to helping you understand your message and your messaging. We call this business story statement. But a big component of that is understanding who this dream client is and how you can help them and understanding at a really deep level their external pain points, internally how they're feeling, what their challenges are, what their desires are, what they want to move towards. And some of this stuff from the beginning, you're probably going to be making assumptions on. And I think that's actually okay because it's important to stand for something, to draw a line in the sand and say, this is who this is for. It's not for these people because as I said, it's going to help make decisions along the line even to the extent of things like your branding or your website, so much clearer. You are so clear that you can say yes to that person and you can say no to that person and actually be really okay with it. I think that niche work can bring up scarcity for some people and they can be afraid to say no to certain work or to certain people because 
maybe more work's not down the pipeline or where else are they going to get more clients? But when you think about how many billion people in the world there is, there's a corner of this world that is meant for you and that is where your people are hanging out. They might not be hanging out in one particular uh, geographical location. They might be all around the world, but there is one part of the population that is just for you and you don't need a crazy number of people to build a successful business. If you are pricing your services adequately, and I've done a number of episodes on pricing, then you'll probably only, you know, maybe need 50 to 100, 150 to to make a really, really good living across a year. So I feel like doing the work on understanding who your dream client is comes from a place of abundance and clarity. And it's really exciting because you don't want to have to be making decisions all the time. You don't want to have to have any doubt in your mind around your service, what you can help people with and who it is for. And that way, if people say, oh, I don't think I don't think this is the right thing for me right now, you're completely okay with it and you move on and You're excited for the next person to drop into your DMs and inquire about your service. So that is number one. I wish that I had done more work up front. And some of that work, mind you, is simply making decisions. Sometimes the easiest way to think about your niche is to actually start with your own story and look back through your story and think about your journey and where you're at It's one of those things that people have probably said to you before that your clients are where you were a few years ago. And a lot of the time, this is true, especially in a service-based business. So look back at your story, think about your values, think about problems that you know you can solve really powerfully for people. Think about people that you love to work with. If you've had a couple of clients already, really study them. Go back to the correspondence that you have had with them. Go back through the conversations that you've had. And what this work actually does is help you to cultivate that empathy muscle. It really helps you to turn into the listener rather than the talker or the speaker And the more listening we do, the more we're able to really understand what's going on for our dream clients and create services that truly solve their problems. So if you're worried about making assumptions in the beginning, maybe think about one or two people that you've worked with already that you really love and you would love 50 or 100 more of that person and then start there. I think that is probably going to give you more than enough and you could interview them you could sit with them and you could do what we call an empathy deep dive to really understand their problems their challenges their desires and their dreams and find out what they really need right now so that is number one okay moving on to number two 
This is an interesting one for me because this is still a work in progress. However, (laughs) I will say that you can get feedback. We're talking about getting feedback and regular feedback on your work. I think that you can get this in a number of ways. Oftentimes the market will give you feedback. The market will tell you, and I don't mean likes on your post. That that is one small element of feedback, but you'll know you'll start to know whether you're on track. You'll start to feel if the right people are coming to you. So that's a very simple way to see feedback. But I think that the thing that really amplifies your work and takes it to the next level is when you actually seek out feedback. So you actively seek out feedback rather than passively look for feedback, comments on your work, uh, comments through social media, likes through social media. A lot of those vanity metrics are simply that. They're really just superficial things that are a guidepost, but they're not the the sort of depth that we're actually after. So one thing we have in the Creator Club is a feedback channel. And what's really interesting is that feedback's not something that I'm great at asking for. I do live with someone, my husband, and he is amazing at asking for feedback. I think he asks me for feedback every single day on his work and it's making him an incredible writer. He does a lot of writing for Creator Club, our emails and some of our content for the workbooks and things like that. And the only reason that he has become a great writer, well, two things. One is that he writes daily and number two is that he always asks for feedback on his work and he asks lots of different people for feedback, not just people that might be his dream clients, but he gets his family members involved. He gets people that aren't part of our world that can simply look at things for clarity and understanding is you want to make sure that your work can be understood. You don't just want your work to be understood by a select group of people, especially in the early days. As you go on in your business, you may be able to double down and create a certain language and a certain philosophy around your work that's for a certain group of people. But in the early days when you're wanting to get your first adopters around your work, Make sure it's really clear and the best way to do that is feedback. So my heart swells every time I see one of the guys or gals put some work in the feedback channel and ask for feedback. And I know that there's people in there that that's really scary for them to do and they're creating a practice around that, especially if the work that they're putting in there is not naturally in their skill set they might be a graphic designer not a marketer (laughs) and so even submitting their writing to be assessed and get feedback on is hard for them so yeah I just want to say that feedback will help move your work forward because people will be able to say is this clear or is it not clear 
and that comes back to niche, right? They're going to going to be able to identify in your work, oh, it's really clear who this is for. I know who you're speaking to. And then your dream clients will feed that back to you. They'll say, oh, I think you wrote this for me. I feel like you're talking about me. And it's really great when you get that sort of feedback. But I think in the beginning, you want to actively seek out feedback, whether you have a coach or whether you are in a mastermind or whether you have someone in your life that you know is a bit of a mentor that could give you feedback on writing, on structures for programs that you are going to run, on new products, uh, on your marketing content, website, all of those things. It is really important to get some form of feedback on. And as we are seeing with the creators, the more feedback they ask for, the better their work gets and the quicker they're actually able to put it out there. I know so many times throughout my journey, I would put stuff out there and it might be a workshop or it might be an Instagram post or it might be an ebook and I had no feedback on it prior and I was literally putting it out in the, into thin air thinking I like this I'm sure someone else will like this I really hope this works and people download this ebook and sometimes you strike it strike gold and you're really lucky and it works but I think that my journey has probably moved a bit slower in some respects because I didn't ask for feedback right from the beginning. And it, it's a cultural thing. You have to be part of a safe environment that encourages that. Number three, this is something that we recently did and it was a free workshop that everyone attended around creating a 90-day plan. So 90 days is a quarter. So that means that you're planning every single quarter of the year. Some people like to do an annual plan and then plan quarterly from that annual plan. It depends where you're at in your business and if you have that capacity to do that. However, what I would say is that when we did this 90-day plan work and it was only a week ago that we ran this workshop. But since that workshop, the sense of urgency and excitement for the coming months has increased dramatically amongst the creators. And there, we also ran this as a community masterclass. So we had some people that weren't inside Creator Club in this and their excitement for the final quarter of this year has gone through the roof. It's amazing to watch them take a workshop, create a plan and how much momentum and energy that has given them because for the next 90 days, it's just like your niche work. It's a whole lot of decisions that you don't have to worry about. And 90-day plans can be really extensive you might have a, a product or a service launch in that period so there's quite a lot of detail that has to go into that because as we know launching things requires a lot more time <laughs> and you want to allow yourself plenty of time for marketing so I think a 90-day period is really valuable for something like that 
or you might have one or two major goals over 90 days. It might be putting a website up. It might be getting an opt-in ready for your website. It might be an event. And so you have a couple of major things over those 90 days, but each month you're able to create significant milestones that back into that 90 days. So you start with that 90 day goal and then you create your monthly milestones and then from your monthly milestones, you're able to week to week see what you need to do. That's the other thing that we love doing is weekly planning and we have a call at 7.30 on a Monday morning. Yes, it's early. It's not the sort of time that I want to be (laughs) up on a Monday morning if I had a choice but we have found this to be the most powerful hour of the week and some people say that that is the most significant thing that they are doing right now is showing up for that call every single week and doing their weekly plan so if you have a 90-day plan or you have at least an eight-week monthly plan then it makes your week so much easier to plan and go so much smoother and far less distractions. Now, why do I wish that I'd done 90-day plans or annual planning this longer time frame in my business even when I wasn't full-time? Well, it's a it's a strategy for turning pro. I think in the early days of business, I noticed that in myself, I was probably quite reactive. I was doing things as I felt like it. I was doing things because that sounded fun. And originally, I wasn't intending to grow my business to full time. However, as soon as that flick, that switch flicked (laughs) in my head and I thought, I want to make this my full-time gig. I, I want to grow this to be my only source of, of work that I do and solely focus on that. Then I needed to start to think about my business as if it was full-time. And if you're running a full-time business, then you should be doing quarterly annual planning at a minimum. And you might think that you don't need to do that. That's totally cool. You can take this advice (laughs) and say, no, that's not for me. But we have two of us working in our business, my husband and I. And without these quarterly plans, it's a lot harder to project revenue. It's a lot harder to project the work cycles and the times when you are going to be doing a lot of work and you're going to need to put the accelerator down and go for it and other times when you can go on along week to week and things will be a little bit slower but without seeing that there's a lot of anxiety because you're just thinking week to week and it's very reactive and so that is something that I wish I had done from the early days of my business at least in the first year was to do some longer term planning for those reasons that it makes you less reactive it makes you act as if you are a professional and you are full-time in your business so number four is 
about relationship building and collaborations. This is one thing that I have seen work really, really well most recently, probably in the last six months to a year for a number of the business owners that we have worked with. And it's quite obvious, really, because collaboration allows you to sometimes dip into someone else's audience. So you have the opportunity to double your visibility. The other opportunity with collaboration is that you are able to pull your resources. So your time resources, perhaps your financial resources, and you're able to bring your knowledge, two people's knowledge to the table or several people's knowledge to something and create something that is really high value for people. Now, when I talk about collaborative opportunities, they can be something as simple as a podcast episode, being a guest on someone's podcast, having guests on your podcast if you create your own I think podcasting is phenomenal and it's still so underrated and for me it's a medium that I love so whatever collaborative opportunities you choose make sure there's something that you are going to enjoy doing. Now they take practice. (laughs) We're nearly 100 episodes into this podcast so there's been a fair bit of practice there. It's not something that I was so in love with from the beginning. It was quite scary from the beginning. But over time, you will get better. And podcasting has been a phenomenal way to build relationships with amazing entrepreneurs around the world, amazing women that can contribute value to this community. It's led to follow-on collaborations, speaking, being on their podcasts, having them be part of the Creator Club as guest experts. So you can see how sometimes one relationship can really be of service to your business over time. Now, it's something that you don't want to go into thinking that this person is going to turn your business around and this is going to be the opportunity that's going to change everything for you. Sometimes that does happen. But I think that when we take these opportunities to collaborate with people, it creates authority. We get to improve our messaging because we have to share it with someone else's audience or we are connecting with people that are aligned with our message so you get to supercharge your message you also get to become a better speaker and you get to practice sharing your work and sharing your ideas and taking them outside of that environment which is just you in your little home office or your space wherever you work and taking them out into the world and potentially into other people's worlds as well. So I've seen collaborative opportunities for not only me but especially the women and men in Creator Club really amplify their business 
And it becomes almost an organic marketing strategy, if you will. It's a very important organic marketing strategy. Sometimes these people might be peers. Sometimes these people might be uh, women or men that you look up to and you have the opportunity to have them on your podcast and then they share that episode with a number of people, their audience or through their email list and suddenly you've been exposed to to their audience and I will say that 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 can be scary and the first couple of times you do collaborations they will be yeah a little bit scary so collaboration hands down if that's something that excites you get out there and find opportunities to collaborate with people there are a million gazillion ways as I just mentioned that you could do this you could do this in a workshop you could do it in a Instagram live podcasting you could do it as a piece of content that you create together like a guest post or a workbook and you have people to contribute to it maybe they contribute to an online course that you're creating maybe they come in as an expert to speak to your people maybe you feature their work somehow uh Maybe you use them to create a product or a service together by combining your two skills. There, Honestly, I could go on forever. I'm running those off the top of my head. This whole podcast, by the way, is not scripted. I just have a couple of lines here in front of me. So I would say get into collaboration if you could do anything on this list it is the most fun it is going to get you out of the four walls and you also don't know where it could take you and your business but I can guarantee you it'll probably take your business to the next level so the fifth and final one is a little more personal this is less tactical if you will or less strategic And it's more of an observation and it's also something that I wish I had done more of from the beginning and that is to share more of my business journey and my journey to becoming a coach from the beginning. And I think what's really interesting about this and maybe I can only look back in hindsight and say that it would have been cool to do this more because sometimes you don't know this at the time. And certainly when I was starting out, we want to appear professional. We want to appear as if we know what we're doing and we've got it all together, even if we don't behind the scenes (laughs) and we're really pulling things together at the last minute and winging it. There's, There's going to be a time where you will experience that running a business for sure. And it will happen probably several times across your journey. But I think there's a certain connection that comes when people are transparent and bring you into their world as they are evolving and as they are creating something. Now, where this could be really interesting for the creatives is 
taking people more behind the scenes of your work. And I think why this is really cool is because people love a story and they love to see something evolve from nothing and become this really beautiful project or object or piece of art. And so you almost are doing a disservice if you don't show people the journey of of how that thing became what it is. The other thing though is that people can learn from you with you and I think this comes back to authenticity and and I was probably a little bit hesitant sharing this particular one because sometimes we can use authenticity in funny ways and it turns out to not be authentic or you probably overshare things like that so I'm not saying that you need to share all of the good and the bad details of your journey but when we look at business and when we look at entrepreneurship and I was actually having a great conversation with someone about this yesterday it gets really glamorized and it gets glamorized that people go from zero to six figures seven or eight figures in their business and what feels like a really short period of time so not only is is the growth glamorized and getting to these financial goals seems to be everyone's reason for doing business and what they want to highlight but it's also so much more than that I mean how many times have you told yourself I didn't expect starting a business to be like this this is really hard this is really crazy it's really exciting there's so many highs and lows and if we shared more of those things more of those moments that were hard when you wanted to quit or when you wanted to give up and maybe not sharing them right at the time but once you feel complete with that thing that happened there's some learnings and some lessons in that that could benefit other people and so I wish that I had probably shared more of how my business evolved where I started out coaching, what that looked like, then what that has become, and also how I've been able to support myself in that time. So everyone's business journey is different. And as I was saying before, it gets quite glamorized, this idea that we have to go in a very short period of time, like a rocket ship from zero to these really crazy numbers. And that's not everyone's story. And that's not the story that everyone wants. I will say though, I love making money. I think making money is great. If you don't like people talking about making money, then this is probably not going to be the podcast for you because we do talk about that from time to time. I think that money is a really powerful, it's a really cool tool and I'm not anti-capitalist. So I think I will say that, that that striving for a certain financial goal that gives you a freedom that's in line with your values and allows you to do certain things with whether it be with your business whether that money that you make you get to pour into other communities or it allows you to live a really healthy well life there's 
absolutely nothing wrong with that. But your journey to get there and what that looks like, I think we tend to gloss over that. So the fact that uh, for many years I have had other work as well as coaching and that I have chosen to support myself in that sort of way by supplementing my coaching and growing my business in a much slower way because I'm not someone that's super risky and I wanted to be able to to stretch myself enough but not die to make money <laughs> essentially I have been burned burned out many times in the past not burnt I've been burned out many times in the past and so I always wanted to feel good and I didn't want to feel like uh, I had to give up my business because it was burning me out and therefore I wasn't able to give my clients what value they deserved that's changing which is really exciting and uh, you know it's been amazing to do this collaboration with John and see where uh, that possibility takes us but I will be definitely transparent in saying that over the years I have had to draw on other places to support me financially and I think that if you've got a great skill set and you you can do that and that doesn't stress you out too much and still allows you to focus on your business then then do it and the amazing thing I think is that in the early days when I was still working with Lululemon and I really had only just started my business once I left Lululemon but that gave me a an amazing foundation to transition out of my architecture career dive deep into a company that was very values aligned that had great systems and processes that allowed me to learn how to run a small business in terms of running a store but with the support of a larger umbrella of the company that I had worked for that was super cool there's so many skills that I have taken from that experience and put into running my personal coaching business and now John and I running to create a club together without that there would be many things that I wouldn't be doing today and it also taught me a lot about one of these five things actually two three <laughs> feedback they taught us so much about feedback and the importance of that. We created quarterly plans at a store level. Incredible. And the other thing is collaboration, hands down, gave me so much confidence in that environment to collaborate and to create partnerships and use those to help grow your business. And the other thing that I would say is that it gave me sales experience any time where you can get experience in sales and working with people and having those conversations, it's going to transform how you do your business because you will have the confidence then to have a sales conversation and 
share your work and understand value, understand benefits and features and all of those great things that are tied into the sales process. So I am very, very thankful for my journey. And the other thing is that having that support allowed me to reinvest back into my business, have coaches along the way and not have that dip too much into things like savings or take on debt in order to do that. So be transparent about your journey. And that's something that I I would say, if you can share little bits about your experience and how you've done things, it adds so much richness to your work. And we get to understand a little more about who you are and how your business has become what it is today. And it will make so much more sense for your dream clients as well. So there you have it. That's the five things I wish I had done differently in my business when I started out. Take one of these things. If one of these things really gets you excited, take it, run with it, create some action steps, a plan of action around it. And I can't wait to see what what you create Now, there's probably one or two of those five things that you're thinking right now. It would be really cool to start doing that in my business. Or maybe you're thinking, I don't really have a marketing strategy and my niche is not super clear or I'm not really taking the action that I wish I was taking. I think I need some help to create a plan and understand those action steps. And I just need the permission slip to reach out and collaborate with people because I know that there's opportunities out there, but I just haven't haven't actioned it yet. I haven't jumped on those opportunities. If that's something that you are thinking right now then maybe you might want to have a think about creator club because in the creator club we teach the eight key skills of business so we're not going to overwhelm you with things you don't need to know we focus just on the eight key skills and those key skills are going to help you understand your marketing They're going to give more meaning and clarity to your messaging. Those skills also help you to become a more powerful leader. If we are building impact-driven businesses, then we are leading our clients and those people around us. And so having those skills to support you to do that really well is huge huge as a small business owner when you're doing so much of this work on your own learning how to create a values-based business is so important and will allow you to really have that impact every single day and then finally we help you with your mindset so we help you structure your week that gives you clarity, that helps to remove distractions, have those great feedback conversations with other small business owners, all within those eight skills. And a lot of the work we do in our calls is in breakout groups. So we give you the opportunity to connect with other business owners 
work through your ideas, work through your challenges together because you're all really smart women and men listening to this as well. And we know that you have the capacity to give great insights, give great feedback, and we support you to be able to coach each other. You have the support of John and I, and we give you one-on-one help in this program. Uh, But really, a lot of it comes from hearing the experiences of other business owners and then being able to help work through solutions together. So I think that's the most incredible part of this program is that we really have a focus on that. We're not here to teach you and have you implement a whole lot of modules like an online course the thing that really is going to take your business to the next level is your participation in in those experiences. So those Q&A calls that we have and those teaching calls where we actually open up a lot of opportunity for discussion and feedback. So that gives you a little insight into Create a Club and what we do. These are, as I said, impact-driven businesses. They have wonderful missions. They want to create a business that they're proud of. They know that business is a journey and it's an adventure, but they're also excited about that. And they want to do that alongside other really interesting, cool business owners. So if this sounds like an opportunity that you want to be part of, then jump into the show notes, click the link down there and head on over to createaclub.link. That's our website. You'll be, find a lot of opportunities to apply there and learn more about this business coaching membership. This is an ongoing membership. And so you can jump in. We start the month of October next week. So get your application in and join us in October. It's it's one way to finish off the year really powerfully and get a head start on 2022 and have some momentum and have some fun doing it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And as always, I welcome any feedback, any ideas on guests that you have. I love this project and it's really wonderful to come to you pretty much every week and have you listen to these episodes and learn something new about business and life.